welcome. This is Lou Guadagnino. And this is Marilyn Guadagnino. The Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. So how you doing, Luigi? Well, I'm enjoying myself. It's Father's Day. I'm not, you know, officially a dad or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm just glad to be home and, you know, for all of us to get, be together. You're a father to our three beautiful dogs, so that counts. Yeah, I am. Well, I don't, you know, yeah, I guess a lot of people do look at it that way. I'm kind of more literal. I kind of see dads as, you know, people who have human children. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Father's Day to all the dads out yes, there. Yes, absolutely. Happy Father's Day to all the uh, the dads out there. When this gets broadcast, it'll be um, uh, a week later, but so that's okay. Yeah, we still wish you well. We wish you well, yes. Um, so I am excited because I bought a gong. You I, bought a gong? I, a gong. Oh, a gong. I am a gong owner. I've always wanted a gong, you know? Gongs are really cool. Well, the gong you got, I have to say, is really, it's very impressive. I, I don't, I have to be honest with you, a lot of gongs are too tinny for me, but this was really... This is a great gong. Yeah, this is a good gong. I, I want to hit it once. Would I think everybody would like to hear the gong. You're going to hear the gong anyway. Here we you go. You can do it right now? Yes. Okay. Here we go, the gong. Was that the gong? Is that the gong? Oh, that was definitely the gong. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice. Hey. And I see you have two everybody. mallets or whatever. Yes, that, yes. What are they? Can well, we it, ca- it comes with a very, um, a smaller, more tightly bound mallet and that actually makes a sharper sound that's what i actually just played and then i bought an additional softer larger mallet that has a softer ring to it but um that's the one i like i yeah, like the, the larger yeah, yeah. yeah i do but gongs are great i'll be using it in my different um sound music therapy work i do with people well you do sound baths now right you do i'm some... going to start a sound bath in july so what, what's a sound bath for sound baths are they are um, a way to just immerse yourself in complete relaxation so you basically lay if anybody's taking a yoga class you lay in shavasana so you're on the floor on your back relaxing and then i'm going to make a continuous grouping of different sounds on the gong on chimes on bells on singing bowls but i'm also going to add flute and different um natural instruments and so for the first part of the sound bath you just you're laying there and you're just immersing yourself in all this sound and it kind of washes away your thoughts and you just really get into a deep state of relaxation because you're deeply relaxing your body and then what makes um the lsf sound baths a little different is i start introducing silence in the sound so instead of constant sound i'm going to start letting there be these little gaps of silence and then those gaps are going to get larger and larger until eventually we'll all be just laying in the silence of meditation and the whole point of it is besides the deep relaxation is to have a 
um, experience of this awareness, this core awareness deep inside where you're just completely still. It's like the, a thought-free state, so to speak. So that's what I'm going to be the, doing. You know, yeah. this is live. You're going to actually be doing the instruments yourself. So this yes. isn't recorded no, music. No, no, no recorded music. All live. Okay. All live. All right. And live music's always more effective than recorded music because yes. you're right there with the vibrations. The vibrations from the instruments, it's very specific why those instruments are used because they create vibrations deep within the body. So it's it's a very healing experience. And if you're the kind, you know, if this is, I highly recommend sound baths to anybody who just your mind just is so busy. It's hard to not think. It's if you're the kind of person you lay down and go to sleep at night and you're thinking, 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 you could really use a sound bath. So I'll be doing it six weeks in the summer, summer sound baths in Rochester, New York. Okay. So in July and August. Yep. Starting in July. July what? July 16th, I All believe. Right. Okay. Or maybe now the week before. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared with the date, but go to our website okay. if you're yeah, Go to livingstressfree.org and you'll learn more. Yes. So what's today's, what are we going to look at? So today? we, well, we watched this wonderful documentary by Sanjay Gupta, who's the CNN medical reporter and a neurosurgeon. And he did this great documentary, One Nation Under Stress. And it was very interesting. And we're going to highlight a few points from it and also chat about how Living Stress Free is relates to some of what he's talking about that of ways you can help the stress epidemic that's in our country so one of the first points made in this show that we watched is in the 1960s americans had among the highest life expectancy in the world and today the u.s ranks at the bottom of major developed nations and one of the reasons for this is these deaths of despair so the, these are more and more deaths are occurring from opioid overdoses, from cirrhosis, from alcoholism, and from suicides. Um, so as, hold it, let those three things are make up deaths, deaths of, of despair. despair. So yes. that's suicide, mm-hmm. cirrhosis of the liver, mm-hmm. overdose mm-hmm. from opioids. Yes, okay. yes, and it's and it's especially hitting middle-aged white Americans from 35 to 55 years old. And so it's become such an epidemic that the, um, the if you if you calculated from the AIDS epidemic all the people that have died from AIDS from the moment of its inception, there's more people that have died from these deaths of despair. Yeah, that, that was amazing to me. This this documentary was very powerful because it was so disturbing in the fact that you know this is all data that he's actually using and. That was shocking to me that more people have already died from deaths of despair than AIDS. That's really mm-hmm. yes, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and they they cited the three reasons. They they I, we highly recommend you watch this because they bring all these experts on, but these experts have cited the three reasons for this as a lack of control, a lack of predictability, and a lack of social support. So. The um, one of the people that they interviewed was Robert Sapolsky, who's a Stanford neuroscientist, and he wrote. I love the name of this book. It's called "Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers." Yeah, that's a great <laughs> title. And he was talking in it about how he, you know, he studied animal behavior and how zebras, for example, they need stress to run away from their predators because the stress reaction is the fight or flight 
and it gives them that extra adrenaline to be able to outrun the lion coming after them. So, but Robert Sapolsky said that the problem with human beings in this day and age in America, especially, is the constant never-ending toxic stress. That's the problem. We don't have these, just these little bursts of stress that we need from just on the rare occasion. We have it all the time, and that's what the problem is. Well, one of the things that he mentioned was that after the stressful event for the zebra was over, uh, and the zebra knew it was safe, that their stress goes completely down and goes away, basically. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. human beings are, that's just not what happens to us. We get stuck in the stress mode. And we stay in this constant level of stress, which is, um, and the reaction of stress hormones is fight, flight, and now they have freeze, which um, it's very true. You either freeze, you just like don't know what to do, or else you're fighting the problem or you're fleeing the problem. So, so basically, we're as human beings at this time in our culture, at least in the United States, we are zebras <laughs> that are constantly being hunted by a predator. Is that yes. basically there's what lots we're saying? Of, there's lots of predators lots out there. Lots of predators. And <laughs> endless, endless yes. amounts of predators. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good time to be a zebra. No. So this whole documentary and, and that study from from why zebras don't get ulcers is about stress and living stress three is about stress. So uh, we want to take a, a few minutes to talk about how we define stress. So stress is anything that throws off your balance, anything that knocks off your balance. It's a much wider definition than most people define stress as anything that will make your balance disrupted. So that could be something emotional, like anger or um, um, or something, a loss, or it could be something as simple as just um, you, you get a little nervous because you're driving someplace you've never been before. It could be physical. If you eat something that doesn't agree with you, that stomach ache you get is stress. It could be, you know, having a cold. It could be anything that could affect you physically. So by, I think it's important that we define being out of balance. When we say being out of balance, what we're talking about is a lifestyle issue. Mm -hmm. That your mm -hmm. lifestyle gets knocked off balance. Mm -hmm. And that, that means all of the different elements of your lifestyle. For instance, relationships, what you do for work, your mental and physical health, all kinds of different areas that we all share in common, and this word lifestyle, something or many things get knocked off from stress. And that once our lifestyle gets knocked off balance, then that creates and continues further stress. Yes, and that's why a, a great example of what causes stress for people nowadays is working. We, we work very hard. We work a lot. And so that will knock off our balance because if you're working most of the hours and then you're going to sleep, you don't have much time for the other parts of your life that help a person have a balanced lifestyle, like their relationships or having time to learn new things and have fun and recreate. And you just described millions and millions of people in the United States. I mean, I think most people are exactly as you just described, that they are working or trying to survive in some way, uh, and most of their time is preoccupied with trying to survive, and they really don't have 
enough time to take good care of themselves. Mm -hmm. There is no balance. It's interesting. Um, and I had several new clients I'm working with to do counseling. And I one of my questions I ask brand new people is, tell me some, some ways that you relax. Like what methods do you use to relax? And nobody ever has an answer. People just look at me with a blank face and say, well, I really don't know. All I do is sit in front of the television and then I go to bed and people generally. Uh, so that's their way of relaxing? Yeah, yeah. Nobody really comes out with any other ways that they relax. And then I, then I even I even suggest that, well, do you like, do you take a hot bath? Do you, you know, get a massage? Do you, and um, the people I've been meeting with lately, they're, they're too busy or else they don't enjoy that because um, if they are relaxing, doing nothing, their mind can't stop and it drives them crazy and they feel like they can't, they cannot enjoy just doing nothing because it's, it's like this car that's like in high gear. It's just go, 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 go. So if you try and do nothing, it just is yeah, uncomfortable. I, I know what that feels like. I mean, I think that that's happened to me before. Um, for instance, you've gotten me several massages and mm -hmm. I remember at the time I was, it was right around our wedding. And so, and I was so stressed doing so many things at once that the massage was almost, you know, and I, this is not about the person who did the massage. <laughs> they did a great job. But it was almost like torture because mm -hmm. my body was so stressed from all the things I was doing that I didn't really feel like I wanted to be touched. So mm -hmm. I know what you mean. What you mean is that when you get to a certain point of stress, you're kind of like idling mm -hmm. in stress. And then the usual ways of relaxing, they're not really relaxing anymore to you. I mean, it's hard to sit down, for instance, you know, and, and have a nice conversation and a, a leisurely dinner when you're so stressed you can hardly sit in your seat. You know? It's so true. I know. And it's all a matter of balance. People's balance, it's, it's drastically off. So that's our mission. That's one of our missions with Living Stress Free is to help people reclaim their balance. Start, reclaim. Start to prioritize lowering stress as the most important thing in life because, you know, Life is too short for everybody to be living in such a stressed state like the zebra all the time. And so that is our mission to help prioritize lowering stress. And one of the main ways is through finding balance, reclaiming balance. Reclaiming I balance. like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Well, um, we came up with this great um, term just last week, flowing with the go. Flowing with the go. Which, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I was just going to stay. Everybody says going with the flow. We're, we are flowing with the go. Well, I think what you're saying, the truth is, is that there, one, at one time you, you could go with the flow, but now everyone's going so much that the only, the only choice we have is to flow with the go. We really don't have any choice to go with the flow. Yeah, so that's, what, that's where we're at. So um, we've defined this stress. We've put it into three different types to help people understand stress. And there's, the first one's transitory stress. So these are the stressors that happen that are quick, you take care of them, and then they're over. Example, you're cooking dinner and you have something on the stove and it starts to get close to boiling over. So you run over there and you take it off the, off the burner. So transient stress, you're stressed for a second, it was almost a disaster, you took care of it, done. So hold it. These are the three definitions 
that living stress-free has of stress. Yes, yeah, well not definition, the three types. Three types. So the definition of stress is anything that knocks off your balance, mm -hmm. and the three types of stress is transient stress, which I just described, mm -hmm. the quick stuff. The next one is residual stress. This is stressors that happen that take a little longer to be able to resolve. Um, example, maybe a relationship that broke up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's difficult, it stays with you for a while, but in time, it does seem to... You get over it. Yeah, yeah. And you usually do that by talking to people or just, you know, thinking and processing it, and, you know, then it gets better. But it definitely does throw your balance off when it happens. The third kind is called accumulated stress in our living stress-free model. Accumulated stress, this is the this is the bad stuff. <laughs> this is the stress that never got processed. It right. never got released. We we see you know stress has to be digested just like food, stressful events and feelings and if they're not metabolized, they just stay in you. And um, so these are the old stressors that never got processed and they just they're there and they like later in life they start causing problems. For example, you know, the person that everything's fine for years and years and years and they get in their 40s and all of a sudden they start getting panic attacks out of nowhere and they have no idea why. This happens a lot. I see a lot of people with exactly what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. and they don't know why because everything right. seems fine. Yeah, and they're doing a good, I mean, the people I've seen, they have good careers, they have mm -hmm. good marriages, they have, you know, good relationships with their children, they have, you know, good amount of money, they may not be wealthy, but they have a good enough amount of money, they get medical insurance, mm -hmm. and yet all of a sudden they're starting to have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And so what we found in our work with people is it's usually this old stress, this old accumulated stress that never got processed and released, and it just sits, it so, sits in there. So let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, the difference between processed stress and unprocessed stress. So there's these three forms of stress, transient, residual, and accumulated stress. Mm -hmm. Obviously, accumulated stress is the most intense or mm -hmm. the most problematic. Mm -hmm. So, But accumulated stress is stress that has not been processed. Transient stress is stress that's easily processed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's the processing? What's the process of the processing? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you process this stuff? Well, process processing, <laughs> it, it's all about awareness. It's about being aware of what it is or was that affected you and threw off your balance so much. So, you're so it's acknowledging the whatever the incident or the event was and acknowledging the feelings that go with that and and allowing yourself to feel the feelings that went with the event that was difficult and mm -hmm. once you feel them and acknowledge it they begin to loosen up and be able to leave you so we actually so this is a lot by the way there's some scientific um, evidence about this there's some research that says that the brain has and and I'm not an expert at this so please forgive me but that the brain has basically two parts to it one which is an emotional part one which is the executive functioning part that is rational and that these two parts do not speak to each other and that the mm -hmm. way that they speak to each other is mm -hmm. through our internal dialogue mm -hmm. in other words how we explain stressful events to ourselves <clears throat> how we communicate them to ourselves and other people how we feel the feelings like you're saying and then how we process it and turn it into a memory mm -hmm so that it becomes a memory rather than a continuous event. That's right. That's right. 
You got it. That's exactly the, what happens. So that's processing stress. Mm-hmm. And processing can be done in, in several ways. It, you could talk to a trusted person about it, um, whether they're a professional or a friend or a family member. You can journal and write about it. Um, you can use the arts. You can paint or create a sculpture or write a song or there's different, there's, diff- there's several ways that you can process it, but and whatever it is needs to be somehow acknowledged, experienced, and released to get relief. Okay, so, so that's great. So three types of stress, mm-hmm. that's how we process it. You got it. So getting back to the documentary of Dr. Gupta, um, another point that was interesting is he was interviewing Sir Angus Deaton, PhD, who's a Nobel Prize winning economist from Princeton. And there is a quote from Sir Deaton. If you treat people in a really shabby way long enough, bad things happen. And he went on to talk about how our country was built on the back of the middle class. And the middle class has more uncertainty and a lack of control than any other group in our country right now. They actually, it's it's harder on the middle class than it is on the lower class or the upper class. And that is, he was suggesting that's one of the reasons we're having more and more of these deaths of despair. Yeah. So. No, I mean, that makes a real lot of sense to me. If you, if you stop and you think about just, you know, re, recent uh, American history in the sense that there was a depression and people were really in big trouble. My parents were both in the Depression, and they were raised in the Depression. It was a really hard time for people. And then they came out of that, and we kind of went to the opposite. You know, factories paid for, um, they paid for people's life insurance, or health insurance. There was paid vacation. There was all kinds of things. And, you know, people really felt, I remember my dad telling me this, you know, really, and he was part of the union at one time, and then he crossed Mm -hmm. over to being an Mm -hmm. executive. So he kind of had both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. And he said that in the 1960s, they had done a lot of research factories, and it found out that, you know, securing people for the longest period of time, the rest of their lives, if possible, and making sure that they had enough time at home Mm -hmm. and resting and on vacation, it, it... cleared up all these kinds of problems there were less divorce rates there was Mm -hmm. less child abuse there was less illness there was so you wound up with a better worker Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. was the model at that time so in the 1960s yeah we were not just at the height of our health we were we actually had corporate america telling us take a day off (laughs) relax go play golf now that's it's, it's, it's like, of. is that another planet or what? You know, I mean, that's just crazy. No one would say that anymore. <laughs> now it's unheard of. I know I always laugh. We're, um, we're given these mental health days um, at, at my main job, and everybody's afraid to take them because... <laughs> No, nobody has enough mental health to take the mental health. Because you're test. afraid to say you need a mental health day. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So like you'll have people calling in for a sick day when there's really a mental health day. But right. yeah, that's the only way to use it. My arm fell off. I'm sorry. I can't come in. My arm fell off. Honest to God. I feel fine. 
But yeah, there's so much instability and uncertainty and not knowing nowadays. And that's what's so hard on people. You just don't know. You There's like what you're describing, corporate America in the 60s, you, you could count on a lot. You could really count on staying one in one job for your whole life, getting a nice retirement package, and everything would be fine. And that's just rare. Not happening. Yeah, rare. and I don't want to get political on this because, you know, that's just not the point of mm-hmm. our podcast. But what we're saying is, is that I think there's a component to society that predictability and knowing what you can count on has an effect on people that's positive. And so with Living Stress Free, we help people remember that one of the only things they can count on is themselves. Right. They are the center of their life and they are the only predictable thing right well right now we're certainly not going to get this from corporate america or anybody else so we have to we're not living at a time in the 1960s anymore so the question is how do people during our era how do how do we deal with our stress Mm -hmm. that's listening to yourself what your what your mind and your body is telling you and needs and learning again how to balance your life how to bring in different elements of your life, even if you're too busy, even if you can just take a little bit of time to add in a little recreation, a little learning, a little more time with your friends and family, whatever it may be. See, I have that problem myself, and I think a lot of people do. What you just said, a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. In other words, like take anything, exercise, let's say just taking a walk. I'm trying to just really minimize this. Sitting in meditation for 10 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Not 40 minutes, just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I too, I have a hard time feeling like these little bits of time are going to add up to anything. I mean, I know they do from my own experience, but I, you know, my mind loves to play tricks on me. And, you know, what good is 10 minutes of meditation going to do? What good is a walk around the block going to do? You know, I feel that way or think that way a lot of times. That is so true because I think that we're, we're kind of made to think everything's got to be big it's like right. we have to make a big splash with everything we do and if we're like we're going to read a book we gotta we gotta read the whole thing in one week or whatever uh, yeah everything's that way it feels i think people are from ing- what we do ing- to buffet tables yeah it's we're, gotta, we're it's just ingrained everything's got to be big you gotta have you gotta do it all yeah. you gotta so yeah I, I don't you're not alone I, I struggle with that too like reading I'll, I'll use the book example i i really enjoy reading when i find a book that i uh, that fun, that interests me it will I'll get so much out of it but for some reason I don't think reading two pages of a book really amounts to anything so I just never do that when the truth is I could read two pages of a very interesting helpful book and get a lot out of oh, it sometimes I think we miss so much because we read too fast at least I, I know I do mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know the kind of books that I enjoy reading they take a lot of contemplation mm-hmm. and when I was younger I would whip through them mm-hmm. you know and I would be very uh, proud you know I, I read this book you know five times or whatever you know <laughs> didn't matter whether i comprehended anything i just i finished it you know <laughs> like a, uh, it was like a relay race you know i finished it but now that i'm older i realize that it's actually much more important to just read half a page literally yes and contemplate it yes. fully than it is it is 10 books it is i was worse than you i would always read the last page <laughs> of a book to see how it ended 
That's what I would do. I think that I, shows a corrupt character. <laughs> I mean, that's just you cheated on your own reading. I would read the ending so I would oh, know it, and then it um, starts me. You know, this is not a good sign. It's just not a good sign. Yeah. I love you, but this is not a good sign. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we all have to learn how to do a little bit of more things than a lot of only a few things. <laughs> So um, one more point I wanted to bring up from the documentary is this, this is a disturbing but very interesting fact that chronic stress actually reduces the size of portions of the brain. So we have this prefrontal cortex part of our brain, okay? And that's in charge of our focusing, concentrating, making decisions. But it is especially vulnerable to stress. So that's why when you're really overwhelmed and anxious and upset or out of balance too much, you literally cannot think straight. The part of your brain that helps you pay attention just isn't working anymore. And that happens long enough, the, the nerve synopses in the brain in that area atrophy, and they actually cause the mass of the brain to shrink, which is pretty pretty scary. And, um, and the other part, the prefrontal cortex is also in charge of our ability to be empathetic. So when we are stressed, we have less ability to care about other people. And this documentary talks a lot about that, but I found that really interesting and so true because think about it. When you're having a really hard day and you can barely get through it, it's very hard to care about other people in that moment. It just it, it's, it becomes a chore. Where if you're in a if you're feeling relaxed or fine, it's it's much easier to much care about easier. others. And I'm thinking of it the opposite way. Actually, I was thinking about how often we you know we all of us look at other people as being responsible for their decisions, which are not which is not always the case. Many times people are so stressed that the decisions that they make are not the best decisions, Mm -hmm. not even decisions that they would choose to make if they were feeling better, but they make those decisions because of their stress level. And we don't have any kind of awareness of that in our society. It's to us, it's like, oh, you know, who cares how stressed you are? You make the right decision. Right, right, right. You know, when really, you know, we can have so much more empathy for people and compassion if we understand that that everything is context, mm-hmm. you know, that when, you know, people make decisions, they don't necessarily make a decision that shows their character as much as it shows what they were feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with the stress, not the person, actually. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> and if everybody realized that a little more, we probably would be a lot more understanding and less reactive towards our our fellow human beings. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking about. It was that we would understand that, you know, right now so-and-so is in a is in a bad state mm-hmm. and we can't expect them to make decisions at this moment that are going to shine. That's right. No, that's so true. That's so true. So actually, that's why the work... <laughs> The work that both of us do with people is not to try and solve, help people solve their problems. It's actually bring the stress level down first, then try and help them figure out solving their problems. And most people can actually solve their own problems themselves Mm -hmm. as long as they're in a stable situation mentally, physically, and spiritually. They can then 
take care of these things themselves. They don't need advice. They don't need education mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. much as I think that's been a big part of our society. We thought that we can educate everything right. that was uh, negative out of existence. And I think we've <laughs> proven at this point mm-hmm. that that's not true. Mm-hmm. No, that's so true. So that is, well, that's a word of wisdom to everyone. Instead of trying to solve the problem, bring your stress level down first. And then see if you have a problem. (laughs) You you may not. It'll work itself out. Nature has a way of taking care of things. If we just get ourselves out of our own way and just work on bringing stress down. So to review, bring your stress down by balancing your life reclaiming your balance and then also by listening to your mind and your body listen to what it's telling you like if you're struggling to stay awake to finish a project you know it's probably better to just finish it the next day and really wake up and go to sleep (laughs) so balance in all things all right so well thank you for so much for sharing i mean your synopsis here that it's it's a great Oh, thank you. Video. And the name of it, again, is a documentary. I'm sorry. The name of it is One Nation Under Stress. One Nation Nation Under Stress. One Nation Under Stress by Sanjay Gupta. Uh, It's on CNN. um, Well, he's he's the CNN medical reporter. We saw it on, um, oh, gosh, goodness. Um, I think it's on HBO. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, we saw it on HBO Now, but it's on HBO, HBO Now. But I think it's going to other networks as well. It's probably going to. Because it's it's very, very good. So it's an I'm sure, eye I'm opener, sure. eye opener. Yeah, so you'll be able to catch it, I'm sure, on some of the networks. But highly recommend it. Absolutely. All right. So we hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we will be back next week with another podcast filled with lowering your stress tips and suggestions. Yes. And and other surprises. That's what we do. We help people lower their stress, balance their life, and reach their goals. So please visit us at livingstressfree.org for more information. And have a great day. Have a wonderful day and have a wonderful week coming up.